0: Yeah. Okay, uh, we're going to get you to grab a chair if you're in the room, and once again, welcome to everybody who is online with us. Today is a, is a very special day to, to uh, share the stage, and let me give a little uh, context to what has happened. Our world has been shook this year, if you uh, mm-hmm. weren't unaware of a war that broke out in Ukraine with Russia, and... Um, the things that have been happening around our globe in con- in light of what has happened here has been sh- it's rattled us in many mm-hmm. different ways one of the unique privileges that we have a church is that many of us get to meet here every single sunday together whether in the room or online but then we've got people who are a part of our family and they are extended in different parts of the world and today we've got one of our global partners home And one of our global partners, who happens to be Peter, and Arlene, wave at me at the front row over here, but Peter and Arlene Pollock are here, and they are our global partners who are serving in Eastern Europe, specifically uh, in this last season have been in Poland as they've worked with the refugee crisis that has been happening out of Ukraine. Uh, Peter has just arrived back from Poland 10 days ago. So, what we're about to hear is this is on the ground. It is fresh. It is stuff that is happening. And I'm telling you, in the 9 a.m. gathering, powerful what we were hearing and listening. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a privilege, um, Peter, to have you and Arlene home today. Call church. Can we say good morning to the Polluxes? They're here with us today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, as I did in the 9 a.m., but uh, we're so thankful for both of you. We're mm-hmm. thankful that you are serving the way you do. And mm-hmm. the thing that I'm most mindful of these days is God has positioned you for this time right where you're at. And you have been able to bring light and hope into places that are very dark and, and are very broken. I just want to say thank you for how you serve. And it's, a, it's great for us to know that our family is serving the way you do where you're doing it. And so I'd love to pray with you and then just release you to share us the story today. So church, will you pray with us this morning as we get ready to hear the story? Father, thank you so much for Peter and Arlene. And um, I thank you for what you're doing in their life. My heart is motivated today because of what I have heard him communicate already. Now for the rest of us who have been unable to maybe hear these words, get our hearts ready for what we're about to hear and help us to see that we can be the light in this world, that we have an opportunity, even on this side of the world, to partner, to pray, to financially give, to go and support, whatever it may be, open our eyes and our hearts to see what you could do through us. And today I ask for, again, your anointing to flow through Peter as he shares these words and these stories of people's lives and their faces. May it be embedded inside of us today. So I give you thanks, and I'm excited for what you're about to do. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome, brother. Have Thanks. a good time.
1: Thank you so much. Well, Pastor Sean, I uh, just thank you for the invitation. That's always awesome. And it's just so so nice. Your pastor is such a great man of God. You know, we, yeah, just, you know, that, And all glory to God. But just, you know, meeting uh, first time I met you, it was just like as if that we knew each other. And then there's an age difference there, and then the, you know live in such a beautiful part of the of the country, you know I just every time we come to to Colwood, you know we just uh, overwhelm with this emotion, and that emotion is jealousy <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know we live in such a beautiful part of the world, and we just say, "Oh yeah." You know, when we grow up, we want to live here. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. And you're such beautiful people. And we've had a long-standing relationship with colwit and uh, and it's just so so nice to connect and reconnect again and again. And uh, yes, um, uh, we we are so thankful because you've made uh, this possible for us to go actually and help the people of Ukraine. If it wasn't for you, this would not have happened. So on behalf of those Ukrainians uh, that maybe were hunkering down somewhere in a cellar, and they uh, received food from you, I want to say thank you. On behalf of those children in an orphanage that received some food as well and some clothing, thank you very much. Uh, I am so grateful to uh, Erdo Emergency Relief and Development Organization of, of Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. They have given hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, you know, when I thought about that, I just... It's like a drop in a bucket, really, because the need is so great. But our God is greater than the need that we have. Amen? And so we saw how God multiplied it and expanded and stretched it. And, you know, and I I look how God provided. And, you know, I'm thinking, like, how possible is it? You know, because when you add up the figures, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just not possible. But just God somehow has his own mathematics system. And it works every time, and it's just so beautiful to see that. So, so you know, and uh, when I share about uh, what's happening in uh, uh, what's happening there in Ukraine and in in Europe, you know, just uh, they're just. Depending how you look at it, because you know you can look at it the glasses with glasses of of politics, you know, and it gets you mad and upset and angry at some people and some nations. Uh, makes you feel sorry for other nations. Uh, uh, maybe looking with the glasses of morality, you know, and say how could it be? How awful it is! Because it is it is horrendous. We, Arlene and I, uh, we were there, and I'm just so glad I'm able to travel with my wife. But uh, we were two weeks ago, actually, right in Ukraine, and we woke up to uh, windows that were shaking, and uh, uh, you know, there was uh, there were rockets that just uh, they just flew over the the, the place, and uh, explosions, and then the smoke and fire. There's no electricity, there was no no water, and I'm thinking like these people are going through this all the time, you know. And we went for a walk, actually, took us for a walk in this uh, city park there. And, uh, you know, no lights. And uh, it was towards the evening. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, these people peacefully walking there and just happy with the families. and Because God has given them peace. But uh, in all of this darkness and all of this, you know, God has somehow a way to turn it for good. You know, he takes the worst. And brings out the best out of it, you know. Because w- what the enemy meant for, for evil, you know, God means for good. And he takes it and just somehow turns it around. So the enemy has no way, because if he blesses, well, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to do that. Then the blessing comes. When he tries to destroy, God comes and just turns it around and just makes it so it's all good. So, so And I love these stories. Just looking at actually at these... Uh, you know, with the glasses of gratitude, with the glasses of God at what's happening. And I, you know, I have a hunch that God is, is bringing something good out of this whole situation. No matter how dark it is, how hideous, how awful it is, but God turns it around and he, he, he brings good out of it. And I believe that Europe's going to be changed dramatically because of this. I, one third of the refugees that come all over Europe—they they went all over the place. Millions of them. Uh, one third of them are, are believers. You know, so I see wherever they go, uh, they starting churches. And in Poland, churches are mushrooming. We starting this. Uh, we, you know, we just. Uh, now uh, this starting to organize all of that because there are churches now in Brussels, there are churches in Madrid. There's a three three thousand member church Ukrainian speaking in Madrid alone. And then down south and just and it's sort of like God has opened the gates and he says, Okay, you kids, you head out there and just tell the world that I love them. And so Europe needs Jesus. And that's what's been happening and I love that. Because somehow God is able to do that. So so we get a lot of stories from Ukraine and uh, and, and I really love those stories of grace and of kindness and peace. And I remember seeing this one... Uh Pastor went to Irpin and Bucha. If you remember those those names of those places, the suburban areas of Kiev that were so uh, vividly shown on TV, how they were bombed and destruction that was there. You know, and I spoke to this one pastor, Volodymyr, and uh, uh, we went to visit his church. And they just they were just about finishing their uh, their building, which is about maybe about the size of, of, of this this uh, house of God. And, you know, I'm looking and he says, yeah, he says, I just, you know, we just about finished the place and we we're concerned because war came and uh, we didn't know what, and, and he says, I come one morning to the church and I see these things flying there and what it was actually, there were rockets that were fired at the building and they just simply just poof, and then they didn't explode, just fell down, <laughs> just wrecking a brick or two, that's all. So I'm thinking, it's a story of God's grace, you know. Not all the churches were saved, but, you know, like you read in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, you know, some people were sown asunder. They suffered for the sake of Christ. Others were saved. You know, James was beheaded in prison, but, you know, Peter walked away with, uh, with the guards. There were angels. They just walked him out of there, you know, just here, here you go. Just go ahead and you're free. <laughs> so, so God does this, and I don't know, but in, he's good. In everything, God is good. So no matter what happens, how it appears to be, still, God is good and he will always be good. And one more story that I want to give you as well. I just heard it from someone that came to Warsaw to our warehouse and shared about how in his village... A Russian tank rolled in, and they thought, okay, that's the end. But he's not shooting or anything. And then uh, soldiers jumped out, and they people were there and just afraid. and, And they said, don't worry, we will not kill you. We have to destroy your gas station, and we'll shoot a few rounds into the forest, and then we'll leave. But we'll not kill anybody because they're watching us. They're watching us. And so that's what happened. So God was merciful to those people. And and I, I just love these kind of stories because you see God at work. And you can find God in the darkest places, and especially in darkest places. Hallelujah. So, you know, Europe has responded so beautifully to this. That's what really boggles my mind, how, how people have come from all over. Like, we've had people from all over Europe literally coming and, uh, and bringing supplies and, and food. And we have this wall of fame uh, there. These, this is actually a crew that came from France. Uh, they donated money. They came with a one big semi loaded with pallets of food and then also three vans with medical supplies and sleeping bags and blankets and all this and there's also representative one of the ladies there uh, she is from the mayor's office from Warsaw And and so we were able to just do, they they blessed us so much. And they went back with refugees. They said, we want to take as many as possible and just take with us. So uh, those refugees spilled all all over Europe. You know, and, and uh, I said just some of them love the Lord and they just aren't going to sit there. So they're starting churches, they're starting home groups, uh, worship teams, and, and just God is doing this amazing thing. And when I was leaving the warehouse, we I'll tell you more about that warehouse, uh, one time because I was there four times this year. And, just, uh, and, and this one time I was saying goodbye to everybody. 27 vans came from Portugal. It's like 50 plus hours drive. They drove all the way just day and night. They arrive also, just supplied for us, you know, food and and medications and, and whatever else. So it's just amazing how God has mobilized Europe for a purpose, I believe, because God's gonna these this kind of sacrifice and a blessing of nations will not go unnoticed before God. He's gonna bless. And, and I, I know that something is happening already there because these churches are popping up all over the place. Belgium, uh, two, two churches just started recently. Uh, Poland has these churches that have grown within a few months to 100, 150 people. And they have baptismal services one after another. So the war broke out on he, uh, February 24th, as you remember. Um, and on March 6, I was on the plane already uh, with our two sons. We we're carrying a considerable amount of cash within limits. I just tell you so we didn't break any laws. Okay, uh, this for help for Ukraine, and the bishop, my my friend, uh, Bishop Marekaminski, he's a he's a uh, bishop of all the um, uh, Pentecostal churches in in Poland. He took us to the border, and what a my goodness, what a what a sight! You know, it just broke your heart to see just people weeping and just coming. They're just like shell-shocked, no pun intended, but they're just looking and where am I going? This is a different country. What's going to happen to me? And so there were groups of people, thank God, from all over the world that have come. There was even one fellow, he was a, uh, He uh, dressed as a clown. He was just kind of making people happy from France, you know. So everybody knew about this clown because there are five borders uh, in uh, going into Poland. So everybody was Coming there, and I, we have heard so many stories of of god 's grace, but there is this one uh, one city close to the border lublin it 's called and uh, uh, we have rented a place there, and uh, of all things, it was a former casino, so you know red carpets and the beautiful woodwork on the walls, and just a very nice and just enough space so we now we call it a life center, but that's how it looked before—just beds, bed beside bed beside bed, and just moms sitting with their kids and just waiting for a phone call, hoping that their husband is not dead while he's fighting, and why everything is being while everybody everything is being bombed. Some churches were taking care of 1,000 refugees. So can you imagine? Like. Your church, let's say, taking 500. That's a lot, a lot of organization. But, you know, somehow God gave grace to Polish people. They responded beautifully. Um Now, uh, there f- uh, in this Lublin, this place now, close to 50 refugees are living there, and we have uh, new believers classes, people are getting saved left and right, uh, we have also Polish classes, to learn, uh, teaching them Polish, uh, English classes, uh, kids come to play, we have bouncy castles, all kinds of things there, so it's just a wonderful gathering place in the community, and people love that, and I've been to some services, and uh, ukrainian speaking service, so people come in and just they 're sitting with the Kleenex, just wiping their eyes because because they they 're grieving for their country they 're grieving for their families and uh, and you know it 's so beautiful because whoever stands up is, let 's pray for ukraine and you know and then, like a torrent, the prayers come and and I have a recording and just like it touches your heart because it's it 's like uh you know this coming from, from their heart, and just crying out, Oh, God, save, save Ukraine, God, save Russia, God, save Russia. And that's surprising to me, because I thought, oh, my, like, okay, you know what Russia stands for right now. But there are people that Jesus died for as well. Yeah, so, and the pastor, or the bishop, Marek, took us to the warehouse uh, it's run by uh, by pastor of the Ukrainian church called Word of Faith. Uh, it's not a charismatic church, but just they pick the name because they believe in, uh, in faith and believe in the Word of God. And there's about 30 people working there. So, some of them you see on the, on the picture here. They're mostly refugees. The girls on the left, they're, all of them are refugees. They came out. And so the church embraced them, blessed them. Some of them were not saved. Now they're saved. They're loving the Lord. They're working during they're media. They're helping in whatever way, sorting medicines and clothing and all of that. And so uh, by the summer, we send over 600 tons of food. And it seems like that's a lot of food. That's a lot of, a lot of semis loaded. Uh, but, you know, there's, uh, there's not enough uh, actually to feed everybody. There's just still a great, great hunger. It's just like a drop in a bucket. And every driver that comes, and, uh, whether with a van or with a semi, uh, we uh, we pray for them, uh, we feed them. Ladies there are amazing cooks. So you imagine day after day eating pierogies and borscht, and you know, I tell you, I thank God that somehow God reduced the calories there. I don't know how he does it, but you know, our God has got miracles, so I trust Him. Amen. So in food and other supplies, they go to this place called Lubomil, which is about 15 kilometers away from the Polish border. And from there, people come in there with their uh, Russian cars or Ukrainian cars, Ladas or whatever, or vans, and they just load them, and they get distributed then to these needy places, either orphanages, hot zones, and, and wherever wherever it's needed. And often, uh, they set up uh, uh, you know, tables in a village. They go in and just... Uh, um, distribute food and pray with people, have services and it 's just a beautiful work work of God. Uh, we bought a van that uh, that we we took to Ukraine because also they needed uh, to distribute food and supplies and uh, vans often come like I, I would say every day and just we load them full and then just uh, they take it to wherever they still can cross the border, of course, it takes a long time to drive, uh, it takes about five hours to drive to the border, two hours to cross at least. So we often cross at night because that's the best way to... Uh, there's less traffic then. And there's a young couple that I want to show you as well. Uh, they came as well to Warsaw and I got to know them a little bit, just freshly married. And he decided, he so I'm going to help people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also just do this. So, So somehow they got a hold of a van And uh, they would take the supplies to those villages where, where, where there are no supplies it's really, it's putting his life on the line. And his wife was just crying there, too. We were talking and sharing. We prayed with them. But it was just a, such a, she says, it was so nice to come to Warsaw. You don't hear sirens. You don't hear bombs going off. And it was beautiful. She says, it's like a, like a breath of fresh air. And then she says, we've got to go back. And then she says, I don't know where my husband's going to be. Because, you know, it, it, it's not safe for everyone. It's, it's, it's risking your life. We, we lost one driver he uh, he was uh, killed in, uh, while he was driving this uh, this van. Another one was fatally injured. One was completely just disappeared off the face of the earth. We could not find neither body nor the van. He's gone. Um, there was a young couple, too, that were... Uh, he was traveling, um, and they don't travel on the main roads because there are checkpoints there, and Russians are standing there with guns. So they would go through the fields wherever, just, just places. And so... Uh, so he, they were. He he got somehow lost. He tried to find a way. So he climbed on the top of the van, which is a pretty tall van. And somebody, uh, they, well, the Russian sniper shot him, and then they started shooting at the van. Uh, there were some other people there as well, but there two, one one uh, young man and uh, a young lady. Christians, they died there, and then others uh, were able to escape, though injured, but they were able to escape. But the van as well just was was burned down. So these are Christians that serve willingly. So, you know, the money that you have given, it is most likely, too, that has come from here, that they have dedicated their lives, and they, some of them, lost their lives because they wanted to help other people, because they wanted to be a blessing to others. Uh, our first purchase was uh, with CLA money. We brought, as I mentioned before, $27,000. That's a lot of money. I felt good to keep it in my pocket, and my son, everybody had just a little under-allowable amount. And so I put it on that table there when I went to see uh, the warehouse, and I said, here is from from a church Uh, Money and and I I was pretty smug, you know. (laughs) Twenty-seven thousand dollars, and this pastor says, "Peter, he says, that's we need ten times more." And I wasn't hurt at all, but all of a sudden, just like it just. It went into my heart, the immensity of the need that was there. Just huge. Like you're talking big. You're, you're not talking going and buying a, you know, a basket full of groceries. No, it's, it's a lot more than that. But thank God, as I mentioned, 600,000 tons that went to there. And then we're still sending, thank God for Compassionate Warehouse just two days ago, that, that's here in Victoria, two days ago, we met with them on Zoom. And I just it was such a blessing to speak with them and, uh, and to bless them and, and pray for that container. So it's being sent out. Uh, we also cooperate with uh, uh, Convoy of Hope, which is uh, uh, equivalent to Emergency Relief and Development Organization of POC. But that's in the States. And they're like... 20, 30 times bigger than that, so they send hundreds of containers, so we are able to get some as well. They ask us to distribute that as well. Um, Then the warehouse is led by Pastor Alexander Demianenko, the one on far right. Uh, You see him, the pastor of Word of Faith, and uh, uh, there's so many people that Uh, that volunteer at the refugee centers, because uh, Warsaw has, and all of Poland has these big centers. Imagine a stadium full of beds, like just ever, no divisions, nothing, just beds on the floor, and people living like this, not just one week, but they were there from March on till now. And so it's really hard, because they're with kids, um, of course, they just, there's a bit of a segregation between men and women. There are not too many men because, as you know, mothers with children, uh, that less than three children, they can uh, they, they'll be on their own because husbands are held there in Ukraine. They cannot leave the country. Uh, because they have to be ready for military service at any time, uh, so so it's just really really tough. But God has given us favor, so we're able, actually, to um, with the teams that come even from the from the states, uh, from those Russian-speaking or Ukrainian churches, and they're able to minister in those those places. So young people come. And then mostly, and you know, it's just so beautiful to see youth, and they're just ministering, praying with people, blessing them. The church, uh, this uh, Word of Faith, meets in Pentecostal Seminary in Warsaw, and they have two services uh, just packed out with with. And, and half the people are pre-believers. <laughs> They're not Christians yet. But they had four big baptismal services since March. And just the church is growing. They don't know where to go anymore. And it's just so wonderful to see that at the end of October, on the last Saturday, church organized this uh, citywide in rally prayer rally in Warsaw. And I wasn't there because we were at this missions conference, but uh, it, just seeing the pictures, there were thousands of people there, and they just prayed for Ukraine again, prayed for Russia, prayed for Poland. And it was a beautiful thing to see. Ambassador was there of, of Ukraine and other dignitaries. It was a huge undertaking, and they actually brought people from other, uh, from other churches in Ukraine. They came through the border they brought them by buses to help because it was a, it was a big, big job because they fed the people they gave them uh, gifts as well they, they blessed them this way uh, we 're also working with this first responder and uh, who is helping in the orphanages and uh, uh, his name is Vitali, and uh, he, um, uh, he is uh, like police, and I didn't know at first what he was doing because he, he was very careful because everything that, uh, that I talk to people over there in Ukraine is monitored by, by Russia. Uh, but he, he was, But I found out who he was, and I was actually careful not to ask him on the phone, like, are you a believer? But he started coming to, we started helping him. So we're giving him, he would come and then uh, he would load up a few vans with food and then would take it over there to this orphanage, the orphanage that he was working with. And uh, he, one day I was texting to him and I said, oh, just, it's good that God hears our prayers. And then he wrote Hallelujah in his text to me. And then I found out this story, actually, that, that he was just a very, very, very nominal uh, kind of orthodox believer. Uh, but it's it just so beautiful because he came to Warsaw, to our warehouse. He says, what do you people have that I don't? And I want it, I need it. And so he knelt down there. He repented of his sins. And so he's a, he's a born-again, wonderful man that is, is really, really working. Lights went on, and he got saved uh, churches in the western Ukraine as well took in refugees, and uh, this is what you would see normally, just people coming and they were praying for them. Uh, we meeting them wherever they are and just preparing food and just bless them and, and, and uh, preach and pray. Uh, we organized Mother's Day in Lutsk. Uh, this German company gave a truckload of yogurts. So everybody was walking away with these <laughs> yogurt, uh, yogurt containers. It was such a blessing, and the mother said it was just so beautiful because they said we could forget for one day about the war. It was nice for them, and the kids were playing. uh, They were telling poems. They were honoring their moms, and uh, it was just a a beautiful time. It was citywide in the city of Lutsk. Um, One man that helps in a warehouse uh, came from Mariupol, and uh, just before the war broke out, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's him right there, and uh, he, he shared this story. His family was still in Mariupol. And his brother-in-law was going with his, his brother to the store just to buy some things. And uh, a rocket shrapnel went and, just, and, and it hit him. He started bleeding. And so his brother took him in his arms. And the fellow that was bleeding, this is uh, uh, Valentin's brother-in-law, he, um he's Christian, so, and the other fellow who was carrying him was not. He was trying to bring him home. And so he was sharing the Lord while his life was ebbing away from him, from his wounds just bleeding. By the time they got home, he was dead. But this other fellow was a Christian. His brother was a Christian. So it's just a beautiful story. And so you see him right here. He left uh, two daughters and a wife. You know, so these are the stories, but he's with the Lord today, and I'm sure that God will take care of his wife and, and his daughters. So these kind of stories repeat themselves. You know, and I remember one day two, two men came, uh, their Chinese background, to the warehouse. So and they said, we want to help as well. Came out that they were from a Chinese church in Warsaw. They're not big. There are not too many Chinese people in, in Warsaw, I said, we want to give money. So I said, okay, here, this is how you do. It. Here, you can, there's, there's a bank, our bank info. And I said, no, we want to do it now. So actually, what they did, they pulled out $10,000 cash, just put it on the table. And it's so beautiful how God has, has, has mobilized them as well. And so so this happens again and again. And uh, it's really amazing how Europe and and Ukraine, really, people in Ukraine responded to this crisis. And prayer even on the streets, just praying for people. Uh, Seminaries and Bible schools are feeding those in need. And uh, just last week, Erdo uh, gave uh, $50,000 for food hampers. So that's in addition to over $100,000. And of course, that we put together with your money that you gave and all that you have donated. So uh, people that pack containers, I just want to say thank you all for, for doing this beautiful work. Logistics of moms working and taking care of the children there in Poland or other countries is really, that's, that's challenging, really challenging. So we started a preschool in Warsaw. And uh, this is to help moms. They can go to work now. They can drop off the children. And so we've been doing this. Over 800,000 children, uh, by, according to statistics, just in Poland alone. And so they have to go to school. They have to learn the language. It's just, a, you know, the logistics of that. So my concern is grow for those kids growing up with our dad, because he's over there. These are dark times for many families. But the good news is that Jesus is the light of the world. Hallelujah. So it's just so so wonderful. So this is what I want to leave with you. This is what Jesus says. Here is another way to put it. He says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 to 16, he says, "You're here to be light." Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not secret, a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. He says, as public as a city on a hill, if I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket? (laughs) Do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So whether we like it or not, friends, we are the light of the world. That's what Jesus called us. And a few things that I notice about this, that he speaks not just to his disciples. He talks to maybe hundreds of thousands of people up on the, that's a Sermon on the Mount. And so maybe they had questions. They came to see Jesus for the first time. But they may be thinking, light, me? What kind of light I (laughs) I am? But Jesus saying, prophetically to all those people, you are light of the world. So that means we are light right now, not later on, but right now, not in the past, but just right now at home, at a restaurant, wherever we go, we're light. So he's not speaking about future being, or you should be a light of the world. You will be one day, you might be, or try to be, But he's saying, it is a prophetic statement, you are now. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I want you to be the light of the world. So when the creator says something like this, we better listen, right? And he assumes that we we will be, because he says, you are, that is plural. That means that the church in Ukraine, which is very strong, the churches all over Europe, the churches all over Africa, they're part of that as well. So how does the shining Uh, look like, or this being the light. And I, I thank God that the Bible has the answer. And the answer is found in Isaiah 56, verse 6 to 8, where Isaiah says through the Holy Spirit, he says, If you share your food with the hungry, if you provide the poor wanderer with shelter, whether they're refugees or whoever they are, when you, when you clothe them, you not turn away from your own flesh and blood. He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Hallelujah. That's a promise. That's the, the cause and effect. So this passage is about fasting, which is one of the spiritual disciplines. But God says, just having some religious habits, that's not what it's about. It's sharing, providing, blessing, doing the good works. And the good works are commanded, not just that we just suggested. And showing good works is allowed, and it's commanded by God. In the same way, Jesus says, Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So... This is what God calls us to do. And I know some of us don't want to be in the limelight, but we are no matter what. And we want to shine for Jesus. And how we do it, just being gracious, being generous. uh, Just, you know, it's, it's not about fame. It's about greatness. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. So that's what God calls us to do. There's so many needs that we have over there. But I want to encourage you. And like it says, let us spur one another to good works. Let us spur. That means, spurring means to do it. Just tell others. I was, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit over, but I just want to say this. This is a a story. I was in Lutsk, in this church. And after in the meeting, they called me to, there was men sitting there. They were owing, they had to pay by Friday $40,000 to the, because they just built a new church. And so... Uh, all the the, the men sat there, there was about um, 30, 40 men. I said, okay, we need to come up with $40,000 to pay this debt by Friday. This is Sunday night service, okay? So it wasn't really stressful or anything. They said, you're a guest, so you don't have to pay anything. Well, I did actually too, I helped them. But they said, okay, so George, uh, how much can you give? And, and I, 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 nobody sank in their chair like thinking, oh, I, "Let me walk out of here. This is this is ridiculous." But, you know, they're spurring one another and say, you know, you're a fisherman, like you're in this business. You have five guys working for you. You know, sure you can do more than $500. So he says, okay, I'll do a 1000 So they were just spurring one another, just laughing, having such an amazing, great time. And I thought, okay, I don't know how theologically, maybe it's correct, but, you know, ethically for Canada, this would be something. But... I thought this is perfectly spurring one another to good works, <laughs> and, and you know, by the time we walk out of there, we had forty thousand dollars. Praise God! Isn't that amazing? This is what I'm talking about a little town. I'm talking about a small church of two hundred fifty, and they came up with the money, and it's because you know when we're generous, God just when you when you give with a teaspoon, God gives you back with a teaspoon. Well, a little bit bigger because he's measured, pressed down, shaken down, taken, running over, right? When you do it with a shovel, he gives you more than a shovel back. But when you do it with a truck, he gives you just a whole dump truck and more. Praise God. So, Lord, this is what we want to see in our lives, Lord Jesus. And we just want to spur one another to good works, Lord God. So many people are needing. But, Lord, I, ha- I have a hunch that you're going to change Europe because of our generosity. Because of the generosity of Polish people and French people and, and uh, Spanish people, Dutch people, Lord God, you're changing face of Europe because people have been giving and donating and, and, and helping out and, and uh, housing those refugees. So just pray your blessing. And we thank you for that in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Colwood, can we say thank you to Peter and Arlene this morning? Mm. It's good to have you here to hear these stories. Um, I think when you had mentioned we have a perspective from our news stations. So to hear these reports today of what God is doing in the midst of darkness is very encouraging. Are you encouraged today hearing the stories as to what God is doing? And thank you for being his arms extended and um, we're very appreciative of you. Thank you very much. This morning as uh, we're about to dismiss a a couple of things that I think kind of come into my head as far as a send-off would go. Some of us are thinking, oh my goodness, how could I help? What can I do to be involved? And Peter and Arlene are going to be sticking around for a few moments after our gathering here today. And they have a table in the foyer, so make sure that you go visit them and see them and hear a little bit more of the story that is there. But um, earlier I had mentioned our Christmas catalog. And on a couple of the pages of our Christmas catalog, you'll see their picture. So these are our people, and they've placed four projects in front of us. And perhaps this is one of the ways in which you could become a little bit more of an active participant in what is happening in Poland, especially as they're working with the Ukrainian refugees. Make sure you pick up one of the Christmas catalogs today. And there are other ways that you can give, and I'm sure you can be speaking with them at the table as far as that partnership will go. So church, we hope that you have a fantastic week. And as you go out, this is my challenge for you, is first of all, pick up that Christmas catalog. Number two, we saw some pretty cool pictures on the screen and some not cool pictures. What's the one picture that God would place in your heart? May he sear it there for this week, that you would pray and that you would commit yourself to praying on behalf of the people that we have been presented with today. Even over here in in good old Victoria, Canada, we can make a difference. You can make a difference because you are the light of the world. Amen? If you're new to us today, welcome. Go see Pastor Tyson in the Welcome Center over there. Peter and Arlene, I'm going to allow you to make your way back to the table because we're about to release the herd. Hi. but thank you for your ministry here today. Church, we love you. Have a fantastic week, and we will see you again next week. And by all means, get a chance to say good morning to them as well. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Life ...to Jesus Christ, the one who is grace embod- embodied, who is the favor that you need. You could be sitting on your couch at home, never given your life to Jesus Christ, but this verse shows me that if you are looking for that favor... To humble and to have a repentant heart. One of our practices every single Sunday here is to lead you to Jesus because we've got nothing without Him. This is about Jesus. It's not about some singers, it's not about lights, it's not about communicators. It's about Jesus. And He is our focal point. And if you're in this space today or online, and you are looking to have this relationship with Jesus, you're more than welcome to raise your hand if you're in the room or click the button in the chat room. At the end of the service, we encourage you to text the word LIFE to 250 478 This is the one move that you could make for the favor and the influence that God has for you. And so churches, you walk into this week Say it out loud with me. Favor ain't fair. We don't deserve this thing. But guess what? He loves us enough to put his favor upon us. If you are new to our church today, welcome to Callwood Church. We're glad that you'll be a part of our crazy clan. And uh, if you are new, please go to the back uh, to our welcome center where Pastor Tyson, Pastor Levi, or Pastor James will be there to meet you and to say hi. If you are of the 55-plus crowd, um, we've got an incredible event that's happening for you as well, Um, happening in a couple weeks. It's a Christmas party, but you have to get your tickets in the foyer today, so please make sure that you do that. On your way out today, know this. God loves you. We love you. And say it to five people around you before you leave, but favor ain't fair. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.